Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to Ecclesiastes, if you would, please. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 3. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 3. That is in the Old Testament. Go to Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, chapter number 3. I hope that you're doing well today, beginning of our summer season. And I know we have some traveling and I pray that you'll be in church, in your place, and serving the Lord. I appreciate those that will be serving all summer. Excited about this summer program on Wednesday evenings, several classes. Uh, I hope that you've signed up for that. And uh, our children's ministry of nurseries and children's ministries and the youth ministry going on as well. So something for everyone all summer long. And I hope that you'll be a part of that. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. Everybody there? All right. Verse number 1. The Bible says this, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Time to get and a time to lose. A time to get, keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to, to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. The author of this book is is uh, we find in verse number one the, of chapter one, the Bible says the words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Vanities of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. The wisest man in the Bible, Solomon, wrote this book, the book of Ecclesiastes. He was a young man and his father was David the king and when it was time for David to die, Solomon was anointed king. And God said to Solomon, whatever you desire, I'll give you. And he could have asked for riches. He could have asked for fame. He could have asked for power. But Solomon asked for God's wisdom. And because he sought God's wisdom, God gave him all of these other things. And so as we study this passage of Scripture, we study from the wisest man in the Bible, King Solomon. Now bring our attention again to verse number one, to everything there is a season. The time to every purpose under the heaven. Now Solomon writes this, to be honest with you, many of us would probably agree that we don't necessarily like the truth of that verse. Because everything, there is a season. There are seasons in life that some we just don't like. How many of you have been through some part of your life that you'd rather not have had experienced? Just about everybody here in this room. But Solomon, the wisest man, says there is a season, and there's a time to every purpose under the heaven. Some people have asked, some people have life verses, and uh, maybe, maybe you do, and what that means is just a, a verse that you reflect upon or a verse that you go back to. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1, I would consider a life verse for me. It's a verse that I've often gone back to, and and uh, I'll uh, refer to, reference, it strengthens me at times. It, 
encourages me when I need encouragement. Knowing one thing is this, that seasons change. That encourages me because there's times I don't like the season of life that we're in. I remember my first winter uh, here in, in northwest Ohio, and it was about March or so, and I remember walking out of the office area and looking up in the sky, and I, I said out loud, will the sun ever come back out? I was so tired of the gray sky. I wanted to see the sun again. And seasons change. And one thing that encourages me about this verse is the fact that seasons change. I'm glad we don't live in just one season. If you're not happy with the season you're in, don't worry. A different season's coming. Or maybe if you're happy in the season you're in, you might worry uh, another season's coming. But the Bible says there's a time to every purpose under the heaven. More more times than I can count, someone will say to me this, where, where are you from? And when somebody asks me that question, I just think to myself, oh no, here we go. Because for some people, it's just a real simple, simple answer. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. For me, it's like a book. All right, well, and I, I start this. All right, my dad was in the ministry and, and he planted churches and they're looking at me like, what does that have to do with anything? I just ask you, where are you from? And I said, well, just... We, I was born in Michigan, we moved to Wyoming, and by the time you know, I've, I've explained where I'm from, they're wishing they never asked me that question. Before, uh, when I met Michelle, she grew up in the same home, lived in the same home, had the same bedroom, and we uh, started adding up the different places. I think by the time I got married, I had lived in 22 or 23 different addresses. And uh, the FBI wouldn't even do a background check on me. It'd take them too long, you know, to find out all these addresses I lived in. So I tell somebody where, I've, where I'm from, from kind of all over. And there's parts of life, parts of my life that I don't really like. The reality is I, I didn't like to have to say goodbye to, to friends every couple years. That was not something I ever looked forward to. I didn't look forward to moving to a place knowing my dad was going to start a church only to move again because I knew if I made friends, I was going to have to say goodbye. And so the older I got, the, the, the less I tried to make friends because I didn't like to have to say goodbye to the ones that I've made. And I didn't like that. I didn't like having to move, always packing our stuff up and, and, and moving. Just when you start getting comfortable, you got to pack everything else up. And I didn't like moving schools. There are seasons in life that I didn't like. There were things in life, and I didn't like the feeling of, of, of never, never feeling settled, waiting for that next move. And I remember, I remember one time asking my parents, why do we have to move again? I remember asking them that question. And I'll never forget the, the response the response, the answer was, this is God's purpose for our lives. Start churches. And all these years later, I still remember that response. This is God's purpose for our lives. We start churches. To be honest with you, though, I didn't like it. Because of the things I named and maybe some others, I, I didn't necessarily like all of those things, but relief came knowing God had a purpose for it. At least I knew that it was God's plan. At least I knew that God had a purpose. And 
this verse became a, a verse for me to every thing there is a season, a time to every purpose under the heaven. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to that verse and any time something new or a different season or I'm begging God or asking God for, for, for wisdom or that the reason behind this, I come to this verse and this verse doesn't necessarily reveal God's plan. What it does for me, it allows me to realize that God has a plan and I want to be in his plan. Don't you? would be in God's plan for your life. God has a plan. In the season that you're in right now, it might not be a, the best season, or maybe this is a favorite season of yours, but knowing this, that God has a purpose for everything in your life, even in the areas that we might not like. This, uh, this week has been a, uh, just a, a very emotional week for, for me and our family. I I didn't realize how emotional I was going to get when we sent Jacob off. I, matter of fact, I probably too much, I joked about it and acted like I was going to be okay with it, but Monday night, we sent him Tuesday, Monday night, I couldn't sleep all night long. I thought to myself, what in the world am I doing? I mean, I missed that. Before he was even gone, I began to miss him. I, I, I just... The more I thought about it, the more anxious I got. And then we got up Tuesday morning and everybody was just kind of open. Nobody saying anything to anybody. We got together. He had to be there by 9.30, so we got the family together and we went into the living room and began to pray together and just everybody lost it. I mean, everybody, even the dogs were crying. I mean, everybody just, just lost it, crying, hugging and crying and that time came and we loaded up in the truck and went to the, went to the armory there and began to unload and drop off and go through the things that uh, the orientation meetings, and all the orientation meeting is, we don't know what to tell you, we can't tell you anything, you know, that type of thing. It didn't make us feel any better. Oh, by the way, he's going to hate it, you know, things like that. And we got back into the truck and I'll never forget Michelle, I'll never forget I don't think as long as I live, she looked at me and she said, what did we do? With tears, what did we do? She hugged his neck and cried. I thought to myself, boy, there's nothing in the world like a mother's love for her children. Nothing. Can't explain it. Nothing in the world like a mother's love for her children. It's a wonderful feeling. I, I, I'm glad I get to see that. I'm glad I get to have children. I'm glad I am married to a wonderful mom who loves her children. I remember not long ago, it seemed like yesterday. It seemed like yesterday I looked at this alien-looking baby that my wife gave birth to, and now we're sending him away. The season of birth, I loved it. This season, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And my mind went back to this verse. To everything, there's a season. A time to every purpose under the heaven. As I was standing there and watching my wife cry, and I'm crying, and Jacob's doing everything he can do not to cry because there's these two big people I think he was afraid 
one man, one woman, woman I think was stronger than the guy, and he didn't want to let them see him cry, and, and he was trying to be brave, and his parents weren't brave at all. We said goodbye, and we thought, boy, what do we do? I remember going home that afternoon and just walking into his room. I sat on his bed, and I looked at his alarm clock, and there on his alarm clock was a Bible verse about slothfulness. And it said, don't hit me twice. I said, man, I need to take that down to my alarm clock. I looked on his mirror, and there was a Bible verse about pride. He has Bible verses all around his room that he's memorizing, and boy, it made me miss him more. It made me miss him more. Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and all week long just thinking about this season. The reality is I know he's going to be okay. But as a parent, I just miss him. I know a lot of people go through that. I talked to Dick Dissop. He calls, text, and I become a little whiny about my son being gone for 10 weeks, and I, it hits me. I think, I'm talking to Dick Dissop, just lost two of his kids. It puts things in perspective, doesn't it? Seasons of life that people go in people are in. And I just want to share my heart with you today, some things that the Lord has showed me this week and helped me with. And I realize this, church. I'm in a season, you're in a season. There's things in your life that you're going through that you might want different. It might be sickness. It might be a job. It might be a family situation. It might be a... Uh, Maybe your children are going away. And this morning I went in the back row of the church back there. And I saw all these girls lined up in the back row. And I thought, I don't recognize these girls always in the first service. What are they doing here? And I realized they were all seniors. They graduated. And they're sitting in the first service now. They're not going to Sunday school anymore. They're, they've grown up. They're moving on. And I thought to myself, there's many parents that are experiencing this season, this season. And the Lord brought me to several passages of Scripture, and I want to share those with you here today. Not to talk about my issues, but I want to help you through how the Lord helped me this week. Hebrews, if you turn there to Hebrews chapter number 11, Hebrews chapter 11, New Testament, and toward the end of the New Testament, Hebrews chapter number 11, it's a, it's a book of the Bible and in this chapter, chapter 11, it's called the Hall of Faith. It talks about faith, about these great men and women, that, not that they were great, but that their faith was great, and therefore the Lord was able to use them. And so as I thought through this week, I'm thinking through just emotions and thinking through trials or burdens or things that are happening in life that, that I, I wish maybe weren't going to happen or I, those words rehearse my mind. My wife says, what did we do? And I, I'm laying there thinking to myself each night, why in the world would I let my 17-year-old boy decide what was good for him? I've never let him make a major decision like this before. And he made the decision and we supported that. And, 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 and you're thinking now, now the season that we're in, and I want us to 
look at Hebrews chapter number 11, and the Bible says this, and, and I won't take the time to read through this entire chapter, and I, I would encourage you, if you've never read through Hebrews chapter number 11, read through that. You'll be challenged by the men and the women that gave their life and by faith serve the Lord. But the Bible says in verse number 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, what is it here? If it, 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 the Bible says that there's something that without it, it's impossible to please God. And, and I know this, I want to please God with my life, don't you? I want God to look upon my life and, and, and say I'm pleased with what he, how he lives. But, but it's impossible, the Bible says, without faith. And the reality this week, I, as I've just, in my emotion and, and all the things going through my mind, I, I've thought through the, 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 the faith that's needed that we must trust God in every season of life. You know, it's so easy to trust him when everything is going our way, isn't it? I mean, when everyone's healthy and everything is in line and, and business is good and, and the marriage is good and our friends are good. And I mean, if I look at my life and everything's great, everything's going well, it's, it's easy to trust him when we don't have to have faith. But his desire is for us to come to a place in a season of life that we're in that requires us to trust him through a difficult time faith. If you were to read through each of these uh, verses in this chapter, you would find men and women that, that lived by faith or acted upon faith. Sometimes what they were doing wasn't something that we would volunteer for. They were in battles and, 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 and stressful situations and they were sacrificing things and, and walking in a place they've never been before. But God says that's the kind of action that causes him to be pleased with their lives. This week, I thought often, faith. The season that we're in, the season that you're going through, are you trusting God? Faith. I want to be so deep into living for the Lord. I want to be so, so trusting by faith in what he's doing that if he ever let go, I drowned, I was in so deep. Some of us live our life, we, we just kind of get in just a little bit, just in case, and we always have a plan B. Listen, God is not desiring for his children to live with a plan B. God's desire is that you live by faith, trusting him. God, your plan, your will, your way I trust in. God wants us in so deep that if he were to let go, we'd drown. You'd say, why would I get in so deep that if God let go, I'd drown? That's what faith is, believing that he won't let go. Oh, my friend, this morning I ask you, what are you doing by faith? In what area of your life are you living by faith, trusting the Lord, trusting in his plan, Trusting in his will when trials come or burdens come or the season of life that you're in that you say, I just don't like, I just don't appreciate. What are you doing by faith trusting God through it? I want you to see with me also, number two, 
Turn with me to the book of Galatians, if you will, please. Not only, not only did I realize without faith it's impossible to please him, not only did I say this week, Lord, I want your faith, I want to live by faith, no matter what season I'm in, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what emotion I'm having, I want to live by faith. I want to trust you. I want to obey your plan. I want you to see in Galatians chapter number 2, the Bible says this in verse number 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual resource, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In verse number two, the Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. This week, I was one of those weeks that I would have loved to not dealt with anything. You ever have a week where you just wanted to mope and have a pity party for yourself? Anybody like that? Just... It'd be nice just to have some time to feel sorry for yourself, right? That was my week. I, but it was interesting. The Lord wouldn't allow me to have that. I mean, all week long, I probably dealt with more things this week than I have in a long time. People calling, people having needs. And, 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 and I mean, it was constant. Matter of fact, it got to a place where I said to Michelle, I, I wish that I could turn my phone off, but I don't want to turn it off just in case Jacob calls. <laughs> and then I caught myself realizing this. I just want to feel sorry for myself. But there's a lot of people that have burdens that need help. And the Bible says here in Galatians chapter 6, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. As I said, I would receive a text message or a phone call from, from uh, Dick Dissup, and, and in that he'd ask how I was doing, praying for the family, and I'd start, you know, start like throwing a little pity party for myself and realizing I'm talking to someone who, who lost his children. I get to see mine in 10 weeks. And it caused me to remember there are people that are carrying great burdens in life. And Christian, if we're not careful, we can be so consumed with our problems or our season that we forget that other people have hurts and other people are carrying burdens. And we're commanded by Paul in the book of Galatians. He tells this church to bear ye one another burdens or realize this. Other people have problems and they need your help through them. You know what I realized this? This morning I was coming in the church and I put my arm around Rick Shonk. The song we were singing about the, 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 the uh, cross or singing about the empty tomb. I forget exactly, but it was about Christ and dying for us. And he put his arm around me and I put my arm around him. And I'm already having my, my little pity party this morning as I was coming to church. And he says, isn't that a wonderful thing? I said, what's a wonderful thing? He said that Jesus died for us and shed his blood. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And I was going to say, I know, but I'm hurting, Rick. And I realized who I'm talking to. 
man that was, while his son was working here at the church, building this platform, was on Coda Road, and, and, and someone else, was, I believe, was driving, and they took the turn too hard, and his son was killed in a car accident right here on Coda Road. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm throwing a pity party for myself because I won't see my son for nine more weeks. And here's someone who says, isn't it wonderful? Puts things in perspective, doesn't it? You know, we're commanded to bear each other's burdens. We're commanded to help and encourage. You know, sometimes we come into the church and maybe, maybe you think, maybe you look around and you think, boy, I wish I had it all together like everyone else has. And you sit down and you think, I think I'm the only one here with problems. I think I'm the only one here carrying burdens. I want you to know you're not even close to the only one carrying burdens or problems. There's many here that are carrying burdens. There are many here that have problems. There's many here that need encouragement by the brethren. And the Lord has placed us together, this local body of believers, to serve Him, to share the gospel to preach the gospel, to make sure the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection goes out to the entire world. But he also placed us here together to encourage us to bear each other's burdens. You know what, church? Someone next to you or very close to you, they might need your encouragement today. They might think, I can't carry this burden anymore. I can't carry this. It's too heavy. They might be thinking today, I just don't know if I can continue to go on with this burden I'm carrying. I, I think of Suzanne Sears who just recently started chemo again for the third time. I had lunch with George Sears Tuesday. Or, or, or Wednesday, I'm sorry. Wednesday I had lunch and meeting with him and you want to talk about work and cancer treatment that his wife's having to start. And so I had lunch with him, and I went into this lunch, and I'm, I'm again, I'm feeling sorry for myself. I sit down, and I say, hey, George, how are you? He's good, how are you? I said, oh, man, I'll tell you, my, my son just left yesterday. I'm just, oh, I'm having a hard time. I look across the table, and I, I'm reminded, I'm talking to George Sears. just found out his wife has cancer again for the third time, hoping that this chemo treatment will fix it, but not guaranteed. I think to myself, boy, I can be so consumed with my burdens. I can be so consumed with myself. And here's someone across from me. I want to help bear his burden. I'm saying to you, this church, we need to be sure, number one, that we're walking by faith. We need to be doing something big for God that only God can do. We need to be in so deep that if God let go, we'd drown knowing, but by faith, he's not going to let us go. We need to be doing something for God that's big like God that only God can do. We need to be bearing each other's burdens. We need to be caring for each other. When someone comes to the house of God, it ought not be, I'll see you next week, but we ought to have the, the prayer warriors praying for each other. I want you to see with me this, is, if you would please as well, just turn a few more pages back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, if you would please. How's your faith? 
How are you doing with bearing others' burdens, caring for others? Are you so busy with your life? Are you so busy with your own issues? Are you so busy with what you're doing that you, you fail to stop long enough to help them meet the needs of others? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I want you to see with me. In verse number 8, we'll start there. This is Paul speaking. Paul is talking about some issues that he was having, and he said, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and, and, and I believe the church at Corinth knew what this problem was, but Paul doesn't tell us what it is. And those that probably knew Paul knew. Some believe that it was, was maybe his eyesight, or, and others it was some kind of other uh, physical infirmity. We're not sure exactly what it was. The Bible isn't ex actually clear of what it was, but obviously we know something that Paul was going to the Lord three different occasions. He said, Lord, just, just remove this from me. And Paul said this in verse number 9, and he said unto me, this is the Lord speaking to answer Paul's prayer. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Number one, we need to be a, a people of faith. Number two, we need to be ones that are bearing each other's burdens. And, and, and number three, I see this, that we need to rely upon God's grace. The Bible says that Paul says, Lord, I, I, I desire for you to, to remove this from me. And God's answer is this, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. What the Lord was saying is this, Paul, I just want you to trust me. I want you to realize that my faith, my, my grace, my plan for your life, it's sufficient. You don't need this, whatever this is, removed. You can serve me. You can trust me. You can live by faith. You can care for others. You can be the apostle that I desire for you to be. And only if you allow my grace to be sufficient. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we could be like Paul. We could say, God, if you just remove this, if you'd remove this season, if you'd remove this part of my life, if you'd allow me not to go through this trial, Lord, if you just take these things away, then my life would be okay. But with Paul, what the Lord was saying to Paul was this, Paul, the plan that you have, or that I have, the, the infirmity that you have, the weakness that you have, it's there by my hand, and you can realize that my grace is sufficient. You can be all that I want you to be even with that infirmity because when you're weak, I'm strong. Listen, we don't, need, we don't need strong Christians. We need Christians that their strength is in the Lord, not in themselves. My grace is sufficient. I want to ask you this. Are you satisfied with God's grace in your life? Are you always asking or wanting? Are you ever saying, Lord, if this would be different, I could serve you. If this would be different, then I could, I could use my talents. If this was different, then I could give. If this was different, then I could be involved. If this was different, I could be happy. What the, what the Lord was showing Paul here and what we see through this passive scripture is this. It's not for us to decide what our life should look like. It's for us to just simply depend upon him. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your trial. God can still use you the way you are. You must depend upon his grace. I don't like, at times, not having the answer. On Saturday nights, a lot of times I try to get in, at least into my room and, and uh, 
pray or just read or just kind of go over my notes, but just by 8 o'clock on Saturdays, I try to be done with everything and put everything behind me and focus on today, Sundays. Boy, I laid there last night just tossing and turning. And it was about midnight. I'm tossing and turning, and Michelle's tossing and turning because when I toss and turn, obviously everything around me tosses and turns, you know. And she says, what is wrong with you? I said, what do you mean what's wrong with me? I hate this. I, 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 I think I'm going to get in my truck. I think I'm going to get him. She says, you can't do that. I said, I'm just going to pull up. I'm going I'm to start looking. I'm going to just go get him. I don't like this. I can't do this for 10 more weeks or nine more weeks. I said, I can't do this. I thank God for godly wives. Because I was reminded I can't do it. There's no trial that you face that you can face it in your own strength. There's no burden that you carry. You can carry it in your own strength. And God never intended you to. He said, my grace is sufficient. No matter what you're going through in life, you must rely upon God's grace. And I want you to see here in this passage of Scripture, God gives Paul the answer. He says, Paul, my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then we find Paul's response. Paul says this, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He uses the word glory. He says, you know what, Lord? I believe you. And I'd rather look at my infirmities and be happy for that infirmity knowing that your power is upon my life. Listen, don't desire to have everything perfect without God's power. Realize this, if you're in a place of life that you need grace, if you're in a place of life where you need strength, that God's strength is sufficient, and in that we can glory and we can have power of God upon our life. I like what he says in verse number 10 as well. He says, therefore I take pleasure. And I read that passage of Scripture, and I'll be honest with you, I say, Paul, you're crazy. Paul, you're going to take pleasure in infirmities? He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. What? You're looking forward to that, Paul? Now, the reality, no one here probably in the right mind would say, you know what, I'm looking forward to a trial. Probably no one here woke up this morning and said, God, I don't know what you have planned, but I hope it's really, really bad. Lord, I don't know what you're going to give me today, but I hope, I hope it's some kind of trial. I hope it's some kind of persecution. No, Paul wasn't praying for more. What Paul was saying was this, Lord, if this is your plan for my life, if this is the season of life that I'm in, I know this, that I will trust in you, that your grace is sufficient. What Paul was identifying was this, I believe you, God, in what you say. Listen, so often it's so easy to quote the principles to live by. So often it's so easy to quote the, the promises that God says when everything's good. What Paul was showing us is this. Paul said, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust his grace. I'm going to rely upon his strength. I'm going to look at my life no matter what season I'm in. And I'm going to thank God for it because in those seasons, I get to, I get to experience a grace of God that I've never experienced unless I go through that season. 
On Tuesday, I, I saw a mom hug and kiss a, a young man. To be honest with you, if it wasn't my son, I'd have been jealous if she would have been hugging someone else like that. I saw her put her arms around him and kiss his neck. I thought about that several times since that occasion. And when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is just awful. No mom should have to experience that. But since that time, I've been thinking about that moment. And I thought, boy, how sweet it was. How sweet it was to experience that love. Sometimes you don't experience that level of love or that level of care or that level of affection until that season comes. Listen to me, sometimes we don't experience that grace that God wants to give us until the season comes where we need to experience it. Sometimes it takes great trials. Sometimes it takes great burdens. Sometimes it takes great infirmities. And what Paul was saying in verse number 10, he says this, I would gladly keep my infirmities. I would gladly hold on to any reproach. I would gladly live needing things. I'd gladly live in persecution or in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What he's saying is this, I'll gladly live any way that God desires me to live because in living that way, I get to experience grace that I never would experience. Listen, sometimes if we're not careful, we can complain. We can dislike what we're going through. We can, we can fight what we're going through. And as we're fighting this, as we're going through that season, we lose out with what God wants to give us. Paul could have said, you know what, Lord, I've asked you three times and you won't answer me or you won't, you won't do this. I'm not serving you anymore. And Paul would have missed out on, on the grace of God. So often Paul might have said, you know, Lord, you don't answer my prayers and so therefore I'm not going to serve others. And how many would have not have heard the gospel? But because of his infirmities and because Paul was willing to say, Lord, I'll accept these, in accepting these, I get to experience a measure of grace that I've never experienced before. Therefore, I can serve you with great joy. Therefore, I can serve you knowing that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Therefore, I can serve you knowing that you are a sovereign God. Therefore, I can serve you knowing that your way is perfect. And take great comfort in that. There is a season. And therefore, because there's a season, you know what that means? It's going to end. But each and every one of us must get what's intended for us in that season. How's your faith? How are you doing at bearing other burdens? And how are you doing at accepting the grace that God wants to offer. Listen to me, in your season, don't fight God. In your season, don't get mad at God. In your season, whatever it may be, don't, 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 don't require God to make everything perfect the way you want it. Let him be God. 
Let that time and that, pers- that purpose reveal itself to you and allow His grace to be sufficient. Like Paul said, for my strength, for when I am strong, I'm strong only because of His strength and His grace. Look with me again, if you would, please. Just turn right back to Ecclesiastes 3 and I'll be finished. Verse number one, to everything there is a season. To everything happening in your life, there's a season. A time to every purpose under heaven. There's a purpose. God has a plan. Are you trusting in that plan by faith? Are you helping others bear their burdens through their season? And are you accepting the grace that is sufficient? You know what that means? You need nothing more. Nothing more than God's grace. And that's what gets you through every season. 